Hey guys, what's happening? Yeah, this is going to be episode 48 of the Create Me podcast and it's with local surface pattern designer Mimi Hamill. had a really cool chat with Mimi. Um, I actually had this chat on a Sunday and I don't really usually do a Sunday chat, but it's definitely worthwhile um, for the podcast. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll catch up with you at the end. Alright, see you soon. Hello and welcome to the Create Me podcast. This is going to be episode 47 um, from the Natmi Room Studio Space. And today my guest is Mimi Hamill. Um, how are you doing, Mimi? Hi there, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah, um, and actually I forgot, forgot to mention that you're a surface pattern designer. That's right. Like, and I guess we're going to cover a whole range of different kind of stuff, isn't it? What you do? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mimi, um, I, I saw you like last year at um the flock the christmas yes. market but i've been following you for a bit as well and yeah it's kind of like i like your instagram stories as well really funny <laughs> um, um but yeah like just for our listeners could you give them a little bit a little bit of a bio about yourself um sure i'm uh trained as a dental surgeon curiously um and graduated a million years ago and hated it hated it all the way through okay and as soon as I, I I tried when I graduated going into the world of work thinking it might be better and it was even worse <laughs> so um I quit one Tuesday morning oh, yeah. and moved to London with a job as a coffee girl on a science journal okay um, and I started from the very bottom again and um, within a few years, I was working at a private medical firm as their editor, their medical editor, mm. health editor, for the materials that they would give out to their patients. Yeah. Um, which was infinitely better than dentistry for me personally. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, but we had to hire these designers in to yeah. do our page layouts, the magazines we would create. I would do all the dry stuff, the fact checking, yeah. and then I would get these lovely girls in who would design these gorgeous pages. And I never could work out how they did it. Yeah. You know, with a mouse, they would suddenly create these beautiful arcs and curves and crisp, sharp lines, and I just couldn't figure it out. So a few years later, after I'd had a, a couple of kids, I found out that the way they did this was using Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. And I did, uh, when my second child was very tiny and I had a bit of time on my hands while he was sleeping, I um, took some correspondence courses online okay. to right. learn Adobe Illustrator yeah. and I just did it every single day I did right. a few hours every day and yeah. created some really hideous things um, and uh, eventually got confident enough to take part in a competition uh, to design a silk scarf yeah. uh, which I won okay. and the silk scarf ended up in Topshop in London Oh, nice! and um, I thought this is really cool I'll have yeah. to do a tax return now <laughs> um, and started designing my own and found manufacturers in Scotland to make my own yeah. version of, of what I had created for them. And since then, I've just carried on. Okay. So going back a bit, because mm-hmm. off my was speaking about, you're not originally from Aberdeen. No. 
And I made this area of thinking that you're Scandinavian. <laughs> I'd love why. to be Scandinavian. <laughs> like, um, so originally, where are you from then? From the Black Isle, just okay. north of Inverness. Yeah. Um, and I went to university in Glasgow. So I was in Glasgow for six or seven years. Yeah. Um, and after I crashed out of dentistry, um, I moved to Dalston in London, yeah. where my husband's family all live. Mm-hmm. So we were there for a good few years. Yeah. Um, until I was pregnant with my first child and then realized that everything I was earning I would have to spend on childcare yeah, and so yeah. I would be working full time yeah. for nothing essentially mm-hmm. and would probably have to move to Essex instead mm-hmm. of living in central London yeah. and all of that so um, that's when my husband got an interview for a job up here so yeah. that's how we ended up in Aberdeen. Okay then, yeah. alright and so how long have you been in Aberdeen now? 12 years. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so you, yeah, probably like me, you've probably seen a lot of like changes and stuff. Yeah. A lot of different things kind of happen. And yeah, like absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And so after you won that, um, the competition, what's the name of the competition? Um, it's what? a, I think it's an organization that's no longer about. And to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily, sorry, my chair's creaking. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as a way to go. It was sort of barely disguised mm-hmm. spec work, you know. Okay. It was a company going, we want five designs and we'll get 5,000 people to apply and yeah. then we'll cherry pick the rest. And, and so it wasn't, it's not actually something I would do anymore. Yeah. But um, I can't even remember the name of the organisation. But it was a great a sort of um, catapult, I suppose, yeah. for me in terms of my confidence to say, okay, this is the first serious thing I've designed and it was good. Yeah, I guess that would be a good kind of nice little ego boost then. Well, particularly nice because I hadn't been to art school. Yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't know if I would be any good at it. Okay. Or not. But it was so, a good kind of validation then. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, I've done this. That's it was cool. really yeah. exciting going into Oxford Circus Top Shop and all the really cool girls that worked behind yeah. the counter. I was like, I did this! <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> So like after you won that kind of um, the competition, what was the next stage you then in that kind of like in this kind of discovered creative journey? Well, the um, at around about the same time, there was an amazing organisation. Just um, I guess I can't even remember where I found out about them on Facebook or something called MakeWorks, yeah. which um, was essentially a directory of Scottish manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So it was a lady, I can't remember if she graduated Dundee or Glasgow from art school, um, and she was collecting together the information of different manufacturers so that creatives would have somewhere that they would, could go to yeah. say, I need some leather stitched for me, or mm-hmm. I need some rope made for me, or I yeah. need some copper cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was collecting all this information together, and I happened to notice that they had um, not only some silk digital printing firms there, but some seamstresses there. And I thought, well, I could try. Yeah. And I just had four silk scarves made right. and um, seam, uh, hemmed for me. And um, I think the next thing I did with those was I went down to the Royal Academy mm-hmm. and went to their open call and sort of presented them to the head buyer at the Royal Academy, yeah. which was terrifying. That really intense, was that? Yeah. Really intense. Yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't one of these ones that was filmed for Channel 4 oh, okay. or anything like that. <laughs> but um, the, the head buyer was absolutely lovely guy who said the quality of what you're making is just right mm. and the way you've packaged it is right and we'll think about it. And yeah. they thought about it for about a year and then sent them back. So it didn't actually <laughs> turn into anything, yeah. but in terms of, again, a little bit of validation yeah. that the quality of what you're doing is okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so that was uh, uh, and then I just sort of opened a little online shop to just test the water and yeah. it was always just seeing how things went yeah never taking a huge risk and plunging into it and saying I'm going to put my life savings into this yeah. but just giving it a go so what year was this around then Remember? 2015 2014 15 okay, something so like that not, not too long ago yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and when you was kind of at that stage you kind of seemed to me was kind of feeling about you like um you kind of carefully kind of treaded your toes, did a bit of research and stuff yeah. about what, you know, what that next stage would be. Yeah. Um, it, was also, it was also a case of, at the time, sort of trying to put in my 10,000 hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I really know what kind of designs I like and what kind of designs I would like to make. Yeah. But when you're working in any software or you know, any creative practice, you have to make so many really ugly things first. Yeah, yeah, to get um, to your To final, get to something yeah. that you're happy with. Yeah. And even the iterations of one piece, you know, will go through 10, 12 different, yeah, I think I'm happy with this, and you come back to it a week later and yeah. you're not. And, the, you know, it takes yeah. such a long time. So for a long time, there was a lot, of, just a lot of drawing. Me at home drawing whenever yeah. my kids were asleep, drawing. Right. Um, and in, um, I think in 2014... Uh, a friend of a friend emailed me with um, a scholarship opportunity, which was an online design school called the Make It In Design School. And she said, you should apply for this scholarship. It looks yeah. really good. And it was to win a year's worth of online tuition. Okay. Um, and I won it. Oh, and, nice. and it was amazing because it meant I got three full terms worth of tuition, which involved direct feedback on your portfolio and it, it wasn't about the technical aspect of learning illustrator anymore yeah. I'd already done that yeah. but it was the more practical here's how you wholesale to retailers and here's how you set up files for wallpaper and here's how you know yeah. really useful practical advice mm -hmm. um, that I was that I wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise yeah so um, that kept me going through 2015 cool. certainly Oh, that sounds really good, uh, you know, and this this from the opportunity that you said, like, it's kind of rare, I, I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah, there's you a know. lot of it about, okay. really, a lot of opportunities that I think social media has been really beneficial in, yeah. because that's how these businesses mm -hmm. operate, um, and and just finding out about the opportunities that way. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. No, no, it sounds definitely, no, it sounds really cool, yeah. and like, um... I guess and I was kind of talking to people about like the stages and stuff like so how did you kind of get to the bit where like you started doing like the and I guess you got like an online you got an online Etsy shop or not uh, Etsy shop just an online store on my website yeah. yeah yeah so when did the kind of the website get set up and stuff that was mystifyingly terrifying I okay. don't know why I right. just the idea of setting up the shop mm -hmm. was such a huge leap for me and yeah. I, I didn't even if you'd asked me at the time why is it so terrifying I wouldn't have been able to tell you but going from just having, I, ha, I always had a website, an mm -hmm. online presence with just photographs of what I did. Yeah. And I used Squarespace, so there was always the option of adding eShop. Yeah. And I don't know why I was, ter it was, it was paralyzing. <laughs> and eventually, I think in 2016, I just put some photos up and put some prices next to them and it yeah. was really no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, I had built it up to be so terrified. Right. Did, you, did, you, did you get that kind of thing? Was it like an internal kind of panic of like, no one's going to really be interested in this a bit? No, I think I kind of knew hardly anybody would be interested. Yeah. I'm totally fine I'm with sure that. I'm sure that. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I think it was um, suddenly really, really doing this. Yeah. 
you know, suddenly there's no yeah. there's no going back. You've got to, as soon as you have a an online shop, then you have to market it, and then you have to have a proper bank account for the money to go into. Yeah. You know, you had to start doing it properly. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've always had a really strong ethos that I want it to feel as fun as a hobby. Okay. For me, yeah. it can't. The worst thing somebody said to me recently, only a few weeks ago, actually, is. Have you ever considered your business as just a hobby? You should turn it into a business. And I'm like, no, 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 no. it only works. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like a hobby. The yeah. minute I start drawing up targets and all of that kind of thing, I just I stop enjoying it. Yeah. And and that really um cripples the easygoing nature of it. Yeah, I've had a conversation with someone um, about this as well, saying, you know, the stuff I do, like, um, big up the date, and saying, like, mm. oh, it's really good, it looks like it's kind of, you know, it's, it's getting, like, it's kind of progressing, like, yeah, and I, I like the pace, and maybe yeah. I'm probably a bit laid back as well, maybe that's kind of good for me, because I'm not putting that pressure yeah. on myself, and saying, I understand like, that, but also, yeah. that you, everybody has a differing mm-hmm. and finite amount of time and yeah. energy to put into something, yeah. and I will never deny that my full-time job is being a parent yeah there's no you know if you're in a city with no grandparents and no paid childcare and no you know a husband who's offshore all the time you know it's it is your full-time job and I'm not ever going to deny that Mm -hmm. so um this is something that I have to make work in the spaces in between Mm -hmm. and um and for that to work for me it has to be fun yeah and you know because I've done a job in the past that was serious yeah it was hard you know pulling teeth out of children is not (laughs) easy and so when whenever I feel pressure that someone says right it's it's time to start taking this seriously I'm like no 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 I've done serious yeah I left serious yeah (laughs) and the most fun things happen in my business by chance and because things are fun Mm -hmm. You know? So, no, I think that's a kind of, it's really kind of nice to hear that, that um, you know, I always kind of like feel kind of very much relieved when people come on the podcast and they have their own business and, and they always kind of say like, you know, they kind of start this because they enjoy doing it and they're not putting that pressure on themselves to be like, okay, I need to make this amount of money at the end of the month, otherwise I can't keep afloat. I think if you have that kind of like mentality or thought process... You put that pressure on yourself. Your mental health is going to be like affected yeah. by that, you know. So, I mean, I can understand that there yeah. is obviously everybody's got bills to yeah. pay, um, but I personally find it it crippling mm-hmm. if I if I start setting those really stringent targets yeah. for myself. And for example, last year I had read a whole load of information about um, I think it was about swimwear. Yeah. Um, you know how to set up a swimwear brand. Mm-hmm. And lists and lists of how to plan it. And, you know, you've got to take twice as long to plan it as you think it's going to take. And, yeah. and, and rid, like rigid rules. Yeah. And that's fair enough. That might work for some people. But it just made me think, okay, I'm definitely not going to do this with my brand. You know. Um, and then a friend of mine in about April last year started learning yoga. Yeah. And she said, could you make yoga pants? And I said, well, I, I don't. I actually don't make yoga pants, yeah. but I thought secretly she's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, so I went away and had a sample pair made and she loved them yeah. and she sent me a photograph of her wearing them and we both shared it on social media. And I said, does anyone else want yoga pants? And like 50 people 
got in touch. Yeah. We're like, we want those yoga pants. <laughs> and um, and I said, well, okay, here's the deal. We'll make. Tell me your size. Mm-hmm. You can have them cost price because yeah. you need to tell me how they wash yeah. and how they wear and you know mm-hmm. the fundament because I don't know because mm-hmm. this is all new to me. So. Sure enough, 50 people emailed me their sizes and then I sent them invoices and it was the most long-winded, completely the wrong way to do anything. It took just hours, hundreds of emails. And, but I got all the feedback that I needed. Uh, I had people telling me that if you were over five foot six, they were too short in the rise or if you were doing weightlifting, they were a bit see-through when you squatted and all of these details, which is what I needed to know in order to kind of pitch them properly. And, um... And so I ended up with quite a successful leggings line, oh, that's really cool. which just by chance, just through this friend asking, yeah. and it was all fun and it was all sort of flying by the seat of your pants, mm-hmm. but it was the most successful thing I did yeah. last year. And the funniest thing was this marketing lady, lovely lady, started doing these Instagram stories of look at this amazing campaign that, I mean, she created a buzz and then she did this and, and I was like, that is not how it works. <laughs> but I love that you think that that, that's... that was your intentions from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if it seemed that way, great. Right, but yeah. actually, it was just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it worked really well. And that's yeah. what I mean by keeping it fun in order to still make a living from it. But if I had planned that for six months prior to releasing them then I would probably have just crippled myself yeah. and not ended up with it being so, um, so fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, um, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's a really kind of interesting just by fluke kind of yeah. story. I really and I'm like hoping, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the next fluky story is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, um, when did you start dipping your toes into kind of doing like the local markets and stuff? Um, the first one I did was actually in London. Mm-hmm. I did one in 2015 at Christmas time yeah. um, in the Barbican Centre in London. Right, they had right. an incredible market. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the three weekends leading up to Christmas and you could choose one or two weekends. Mm-hmm. And it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday each weekend. So I just picked the middle weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a collection um, that I just had the scarves made up in various sizes. Yeah. And I think, what else did I make? Handkerchiefs or something. There wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, an enormous range <laughs> and uh, went down for this weekend my friend helped me and um, on the Friday there was nobody there okay and it was the first market we'd done yeah. my friend and I were just sitting behind this table and I think my godfather came in and bought a hanky Aye. <laughs> oh that was nice <laughs> did you feel that kind of thing just it's like, like that was a pity sale yeah the pity sale because <laughs> <laughs> there was just nobody there and I yeah. thought and it was quite an investment yeah and not least just travelling down and making all the stock and it was the first time I'd done it and I thought oh, what have I done oh. thankfully the Saturday and Sunday Picked was up, yeah. incredible yeah and I came back on the train with absolutely nothing in my suitcase yeah. and it was amazing yeah but um, yeah, so that was the first one I did. And since then, I haven't done an enormous amount. I've done a few down in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really done many in Aberdeen because yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I don't sell on Etsy. So I, I can't do the Etsy market. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, I kept missing the flop deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Until last year. But yeah. I'm, I'm on it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we, because we were speaking of Mike, and I, that's when I obviously when I first kind of met you um, at the flock. Um, mm-hmm. It was on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and it was this really this buzzing, but it was really kind of busy. And it was almost yeah. kind of like, not like, yeah, probably a bit overwhelming. For me, as actually a customer coming in, being like, okay, where do I go, you know? I think like... I think my sales on the Saturday yeah. certainly suffered a little bit yeah. from that because it was so busy. that, And because I was a new trader there, people <laughs> who were going there hadn't seen me there before. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, at one point there was sort of kids getting wailing because there were so many people pressing against them and it was crazy. Yeah. Um, Whereas some of the people that have been there sort of three years in a row, you know, customers knew they were going to be there and, they, and, they and were coming straight and they them. were like, where is so-and-so yeah. going straight for them? So that was great. Yeah. Um, but my sales certainly picked up on the Sunday when it was a little bit quieter okay. and when people who who didn't know my stuff had a chance to actually look feel it, it and yeah. look through it yeah. and shake the scarves out and, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Sunday was amazing. Yeah. Really, really good. And like... For you, like now, where do you kind of, how do you kind of get inspired now? Cause I think your like um, work, and I've seen it like on Instagram, is very specific to your kind of like style that you mm. kind of developed. And how do you kind of, where do you get those kind of inspirations from, and like your patterns and stuff? Well, I really, really love, and it's not a very fashionable thing to say, but I really love crisp, sharp, digital lines. Right. Uh, Hand drawn patterns are incredible mm-hmm. but it's not what I choose no. um, and I think that stems from my days when I was an editor mm-hmm. and and just seeing these incredible digital shapes yeah. that our designers could make and it just being mystifying mm-hmm. to me how can how can you get a computer to make those beautiful shapes yeah. and um, so that's what I continue to love the most and, and I certainly add texture from photographs very lightly over the top of my um, vector yeah. digital images but certainly it's always the crisp lines mm-hmm. that I love the most and um, in general I photograph everything my right. phone is always about to conquer so many photographs <laughs> delete stories deleted <laughs> yeah yeah because I just I've, I've got patterns that have been based on um, paving slabs yeah. or laundry baskets mm-hmm. or whatever where you can see shapes in everyday yeah. life and then you can just play with them digitally until they turn into something beautiful. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I just love vector. Okay. <laughs> people like, people whose work I like, that, that actually isn't necessarily vector right. art, but it is that crisp, sharp lines would be like um, Camille Walala, you know, the lady that does the um, the buildings all over the world. Oh, okay. Amazing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing sort of brightly coloured, crisp, sharp lines. Yeah. Um, and there's also um, a studio called Sunny Todd Prints. Do you okay. know them? No, no. They do screen printing, but it's all so sharp and so oh, <laughs> I love it. I was picturing now in your house, everything is like you know sharp. Like, Funny enough, it's not at all. <laughs> and Never. you've got kids as well, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So it can't be. <laughs> so like, how do you kind of fit this all in? Like you did say before, um, um, like you know, being a parent, like your mother is is a full time job. So how, yeah. do you, how do you kind of manage all that? You know, like, creating, looking after little ones. Yeah, it. Um, when I started my uh learning how to draw digitally my little boy was just a baby yeah so that afforded me quite a lot of time when he was born my eldest went to primary school yeah. and suddenly there were two hour long naps in yeah. the day and right. i could actually 
please myself a little yeah. bit, which was great. Um, and 18 months ago, he went to school. And so I guess suddenly I found that I had five hours in a day, okay. which was such a luxury. Yeah. But I mean, there's no question, I won't deny, you know, somebody's got to cook the tea and do the laundry and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not like the five hours in a day are... You, you, yeah. This is why I could never say I'm a full-time designer, mm-hmm. because... I'm not. Yeah. I would be. I would be lying. <laughs> um, but certainly, since he started school, my business has been able to, to you know, take up more of yeah. the day, which has okay. been fantastic. Cool. No, no, that sounds sounds really good. That um, you found that kind of a really good kind of like, healthy balance. Well, I'm. I, I must confess, I am really lucky. I have the privilege of um, having quit work twelve years ago to yeah. have my first child. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, being able to scale back our yeah. life so that so that we can survive on yeah. one solid salary, mm-hmm. so that I can do this. Yeah, yeah. So we have been really lucky. When my when my eldest was younger, I did do a bit of freelance editorial oh, yeah. and stuff like that, just to you know keep earning a bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm very lucky oh, that yeah. I can actually devote myself to this and take yeah. a bit of a risk on it. It seems like, you know, it was a massive kind of turnaround, even like career-wise, um, from being like a, working in the dentist industry. <laughs> what was your like friends and family? Like, I'm sure they were very supportive, but what was their responses like when you said, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing? <laughs> well, when I left dentistry, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure when I listened to your interview with uh, Rachel from Hackley, yeah. everything that she said, that goes. Right. It's the same. Yeah. Same right. situation. Yeah. I recognised what she was saying yeah. about, you know, you just get to a point where you can't you can't carry on yeah. doing what you're doing. It's not positive. Yeah. And I it just was simply the wrong career for me. Mm-hmm. So when I left it, it's not that I suddenly went, I'm gonna go and do something more creative. Yeah. I I left it saying I would rather do anything else, else in the but world this. Yeah. but this. Okay. Um I used to I mean you know it's really, really bad when you're sort of you're taking a break from the surgery and you go down to WH Smith to buy a bottle of water and you stand there looking at the guy behind the till and you're like, I, I, I wish I had your job rather okay. than mine. Jeez, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just awful. Yeah. So when I left that, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, medical editing was quite a neat sort of way to use my qualifications yeah. without being in the clinical arena which is a shame actually because what I really missed about being a dentist was the people I loved having 40 different people to talk to yeah, it's yeah, amazing it's yeah. just when you had to ping on the rubber gloves and go right sharp now I <laughs> <laughs> oh, just hated that but um but if I could have carried on with a job where I was speaking to all those people every day because like, yeah. <laughs> being a chair the rubber's talking yeah, away yeah, like, if it yeah. was just blethering to them it would yeah. be fine <laughs> So, so I guess like even if I want to follow you like on social media, I think like I like sometimes your Instagram stories and stuff, and I think you've got a good kind of humorous approach towards life. Well, the thing is, I think, I think, I do mm-hmm. because I had a really awful time in my early twenties. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I hated dental school. I yeah. hated being a graduate dentist, and so I kind of feel like everything that I do now. You've just got to a little bit pinch yourself if you get a bit silly about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know when you sort of hear people going, "Oh, um, Instagram is such a struggle sometimes." And you're like, "It's not. Yeah. It's really not." That as jobs go, yeah. managing your Instagram account yeah, is not hard. You know, mm. 
peeling a drug addict off the floor is hard. Yeah, yeah. This is not hard. <laughs> um, so I sort of feel like if you're not going to treat it as fun, then you might as well not be doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, 100% yeah. absolutely can agree. I think um, uh, that gives some kind of context. Um, when, I, when I started the podcast, I wasn't really on social media that much. Yeah. I remember deactivating my Facebook and being like, oh, yeah. I have to get back on it now. I have to kind of do this kind of <laughs> stuff, you know. Okay? And I did a really kind of silly thing, actually. Probably a bit like not like like similar to what you did with the whole like um, legging thing. Yeah. I put out. I thought, okay, I did that bit. It was it? It was very intense. Kind of like the fear. Kind of what you had is like send even though know, like even though it was like messaging all my like friends and family and about all my social media fronts on Twitter and Facebook and yeah. my website about having a podcast without having any episodes. This <laughs> <laughs> is probably too exciting for me. Like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do so it. So then now. the pressure for the yeah, first episode must yeah, be massive. Yeah, because I'm talking myself out of it a lot as well. Yeah. But I'm just going to like, you know, it's just going to like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do it. You know, I remember it was a like Monday morning, I think it was, and just going to say, yeah, just doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It, it, it's, and it's now that you have film. this dedicated studio, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I remember I was looking back on some like posts and stuff and remember me saying that like, you know, if I couldn't get my studio that to get this little studio, like the garden one like in the shed, yeah. like and then this kinda of came about by a really kind of cool opportunity by seeing a post from someone else and then yeah. you know, and yeah, so it's a really cool place to be actually the nightly rooms and Well, because you're like, constantly bumping into interesting people doing yeah, lots absolutely. of different things. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, yeah. So I can, I just digressed off the conversation. Yeah, no, 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 it's brilliant. <laughs> so what's like um do you, this year, like um even prior to this year, did you do any collaborations with your kind of work? I'm trying to think. I've done a few um, sort of bespoke silk scarf designs for um, customers who want something that only they have. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, for example, a couple of years ago, there's there's a lady in Edinburgh who runs a company called Colour Elements that's kind of trying to improve people's shopping habits, like fashion shopping yeah. habits. And so she directs people towards certain colour palettes and certain styles yeah. and, and tries to make sure they make more sensible shopping choices. Yeah. And she wanted a series of scarves in different colour palettes so that she could simply hold up scarves against people and show them, this works for you, this doesn't work for you, kind of thing. Um, So we had a a year of really lovely collaboration Mm. doing that. Um, And sometimes her customers would order the scarf that she had shown them because they liked it so much. And um, So there was that. Um, I'm trying to think of other collaborations. I'm always desperate desperate for somebody who's making a suit to ask me for the lining for their suit that's my dream (laughs) i just want some tailor to say i'm making a suit for so-and-so we want a special silk lining and i will be on it yeah i don't know i don't know if that's really cool yeah Yeah. Yeah. i don't know why that would just be the absolute top okay so it's like (laughs) like a bucket list kind of thing definitely okay definitely right and what else is kind of planned then for 2019 2019 um I am sort of testing some little new products that I'm not going to tell you about in case they don't work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, sort of homeware is a more direction. Okay. Um, But I'm testing them, so I'm not going to tell you because I might never release them, (laughs) depending whether they work or not. Okay. So it's just like in that kind of development kind of process. Yeah. And I find always January, February time is a really good 
time to just think of new things and just yeah. take a risk yeah and um just try something new out and it may not work but so you know the tax return is almost done yeah get that out of the way mm -hmm. and then look at how much money you've got left yeah. and think okay what what are we going to try this yeah. year yeah so yeah and where can listeners well obviously i know obviously if you're like your followers probably will be listening to this episode but for someone then mm. you know who doesn't know what you do and stuff like mm. um where can they kind of follow you on social media? Uh, well, my website is mimihamill.com mm. and I'm on Instagram. I primarily use Instagram mm. as mimi underscore Hamill, mm. I think. Um, Facebook, I don't do. Yeah. I don't understand Facebook. Okay. I tried it. I oh, didn't yeah. understand it. <laughs> um, I couldn't understand how you would make a business page and then you couldn't invite people to... They just had to come to you instead of... Anyway, yeah, I yeah, really actually, I see what you mean because I remember, like, yeah, it's kind of weird. I think I probably missed the trick. Like, I set up my like podcast page on Facebook, but it's kind of synced. It's, it's synced to Instagram as well. It's all very. Oh, it's so these things are so like. I'm yeah. not a millennial. I'm yeah. too old. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit jarred because it's kind of like, how did that happen? Yeah, oh, I'm just going a bit. Got, I'm yeah, gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go and touch anything or mess with any of these settings because, you know, exactly. like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. No, and I tried Twitter a few years ago. I didn't love that either. Instagram yeah. works for me because it's all visual. Yeah, yeah. And And it just makes sense to me and people can tailor their, you know, who they view yeah. and just make it a really happy, positive place, which I think is much more difficult on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, I, think I think it's much yeah. easier to become a bit embroiled yeah i think most of my kind of interactions you know in yeah the positive ones or they've all been positive but you see more kind of like you know traffic it's something that be on instagram yeah. So, yeah 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 um so i love instagram so i'm mimi underscore home cool nice one mimi thank you so much for thank coming you. on the podcast and i realized i made a mistake i said it's episode 47 but i think it's episode actually 48 Good, I like that number. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And <laughs> yeah, um, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll catch up with you again soon. All right, take care for now. Yeah, back again. Um, what did you guys think of my chat with Mimi Hamill? I really enjoyed catching up with Mimi um, at the Natary Rooms. It's just kind of cool to kind of speak to someone that you've been following for a while and, you know, just discuss their kind of creative journey. And also kind of like, you know, it's kind of interesting that Mimi had like a career beforehand you know she got into doing what she does just now so thanks again Mimi for coming on the podcast really appreciate it and yeah next week Monday um, we're going to have local artist Jay Christie on the podcast he was involved um, with us at Christmas at the Anatomy Rooms event last year and it's really kind of cool to expand on that chat with Jay so I hope you guys um, tune into that episode definitely not one to be missed so yeah I'll catch up with you guys soon I right, take care for now